When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. You're listening to SDNZ and this is Logan Swinkles, producer of Mornings with Ian Smith. And while it's going to be a big weekend of sport in Auckland, across the ditch in Melbourne, fans of Aussie rules will be flocking to the mecca of the sport that is the MCG. It's the AFL Grand Final between the Sydney Swans and the Geelong Cats. And joining us now from AFL New Zealand is Chris Mundell. Thanks for your time. How are you doing, mate? I'm good, thanks, mate. Pleasure to be here. One thing I've always kind of wanted with Aussie rules is, are you surprised that it hasn't taken more of a foothold here in the New Zealand sporting landscape? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly a game that I see New Zealand as being really strong at. And I think if we can start to break some of those barriers down, that the connotation with it being an Australian sport, we can hopefully start converting some of our really talented um, rugby and netballers and league players um, towards AFL. It's got a huge amount of potential from a cross-code skill collaboration point of view. Yeah, on that, how transferable are skills that we see in the likes of basketball in New Zealand and, uh, sorry, netball to Aussie rules? Oh, really transferable, you know, from both from the actual skills in terms of rugby with the kicking and passing and from basketball in terms of understanding zone defences and, and moving through space. They're, they're really transferable. And what Australia has done really well is tapped into those markets for their own development. So if we can get on board and start tapping into those areas, we can hopefully see some real progress. We'll get more onto the pathway side of things of the game here in New Zealand because I know you have a vested interest in that. But one thing, I feel like most people, when they discover Aussie rules on TV for the first time, they just kind of stare at it and, you know, they wonder what the hell is going on. Is it a complicated sport? No, I mean, ironically enough, despite being called Aussie rules, there aren't a huge amount of rules to worry about. Certainly from watching uh, rugby and the likes in New Zealand, it's once you've got your head around some of the basic stuff, it is far um, less complex and, and much easier to understand. But I agree, when I when I first watched the game, without knowing those those few key pieces, it can be quite uh, daunting. For someone who's going to, say, watch the AFL Grand Final this weekend and, you know, you're trying to explain the rules, what what's the kind of dumbed-down version? Like, what are the key things to look out for? Well, the couple of main things is obviously the, the, the aim of the game is to try and kick the ball through the two big posts that either end. So that's what most teams are trying to do. Uh, there's a couple of ways to get the ball around the ground. You can either kick it to your mate or you can what we call hand pass it where you effectively, but like a volleyball punch, you sort of you punch the ball to your teammate, which is exactly the same as a rugby pass in terms of what its outcome is. Um, it's a bit like soccer in that you can pass and kick in a 360-degree space. You can kick and pass anywhere you like. But, yeah, when it comes down to it, which team can kick the most uh, goals through the, the big sticks at the far end? 
Uh, and with the final this weekend, it being the Swans and the Cats, they've met just once this season, uh, all the way back in round two of the ECG. Sydney won that uh, 107 to 77. Plenty of footy has been played, though, since then. Who's impressed you more on their run to the grand final? Oh, it's a good question. I think both teams have, are coming in with some superior form. I think this is the only the second time, I think, in, in AFL history that two teams have met uh, when they're both coming off a, a, a 10-plus game winning streak. So um, <laughs> both teams are coming in with some real with real depth and real experience. Um, I think Geelong certainly play the, the clinical old hands, been there before type um, role, whereas Sydney are, are exciting, they're young, they're full of energy, they're high pressure, so both teams have got their pros and cons, and it's, as, as it always is, as the cliche says, it's who turns up on the day. Uh, looking at some of the names that are going to be featured in this grand final, I, I was watching last weekend, and I've seen him before, just the play of Patrick Dangerfield, when I see him, I just it, it's mind-blowing the things he does out there on the field. Do the Swans have much of a chance of shutting down a threat like that? Yeah, they do. The Swans have built their game, certainly in the back half of this year, around real high-pressure contested ball. So where Dangerfield is, is expert in that is ability to pick that ball up off the ground and bust out of out of the congestion out to open space. If the Swans have a chance to stop him, it's going to be making sure they get on top of him before he can bust through. So making sure they stick their tackles, making sure they stay close to him. Don't give him one or two metres distance because if you give it to him and he's in form, He'll hurt you. Yeah, time and space is very crucial there in uh, Aussie rules from what I've seen. Another Geelong player there, he might potentially have some grand final nerves though, is uh, Jeremy Cameron, who played back in 2019 for GWS. And uh, anyone who was watching that will remember that they got slaughtered by Richmond, uh, losing by 89 points there. He only kicked one goal in that grand final. Do you see him putting those big game demons behind him here? Yeah, I think someone of Jeremy Cameron's class is going to take more learnings out of that 2019 performance than anything else. I think he'll be coming in this weekend really conscious of the of the things that may have hurt him in that last game and hurt his team. And he'll be really focused on making sure he plays his role for Geelong and he's been an absolute superstar this year for them. And he'll have enough experience around him to calm any nerves he has, but I think he'll take more learnings out of that than anything else. When you think of the Swans... I don't know if you can think of any other name than Lance Buddy Franklin. Uh, earlier this season, you know, he kicked his 1,000th uh, goal in the AFL. Those were just incredible scenes when everyone flooded the ECG. He's won two premierships with Hawthorne before. I know that's your team, but never with Sydney. At his age now, is he the kind of player that can carry the Swans to a flag? Yeah, I think Buddy is the kind of player. He, he doesn't necessarily have to be the one who kicks the goals to win in the flag. But the way he performs is certainly their, their thermometer as to how the Swans are going to go. If he's up and about and he's bringing that, those, that final experience that he has back in his time with Hawthorne, he can turn games on, on a dime. And he has the ability to score from pretty much anywhere and he has the ability to impact games. So whether he's kicking goals or being a threat around the ground, he's really influential in that Sydney side as to how they go. Uh, we're speaking on SNZ here with Chris Mundell from AFL New Zealand. Of course, it's been AFL Grand Final Week. Looking on the fan side of things, Chris, have you had the opportunity before to experience Melbourne during Grand Final Weekend before? No, I haven't had the fortunate experience of being over there for Grand Final Weekend. I've been to Melbourne for a number of games, but never for the big one. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's got to be a bucket list thing, right? I mean, uh, it's just such a big deal over there. Oh, totally. I mean, Melbourne do sport really well. They've got really good precincts and they set themselves up for this weekend every year. And 
what's always exciting when you get over to Melbourne is how much the city get in behind it, whether their teams are in it or not. So no doubt it will be a, yeah, another huge weekend. Yeah, that is a crazy thing with, I mean, when you think of Aussie rules, right, the majority of the teams come from the state of Victoria. How is it that even though your team isn't in it, they still go to the MCG? Like, why, you know, there's a lot of tribalism in AFL. Why do you think that even if a team isn't in the final, they want to go? Well, it's just the experience. I think they put that on really well. And, and you know, most people who are, most of these the 10 clubs that are in Victoria have really large membership bases and even outside of that, there's a huge percentage of population who come from other um, states in Australia. So no matter where your team comes from, if they are in the final, they're going to have a population base in, in Melbourne and in Victoria who want to come along and support. So um, it's always really well attended. Now, I know you're a Hawthorne fan yourself, as I mentioned before, but imagine you're a Kiwi sports fan that's had you know has no real connection to Australia, but you were thinking of following the sport. How do you go about picking a team to support? Oh, look, what I usually tell the friends of mine who are trying to get into it is pick your favourite uniform. Um, <laughs> pick your favourite uniform, your favourite mascot, what looks good. And once you've picked one, then you just got to start learning about them and, and back them in no matter what happens. It's not a, a sport where changing teams a bit like the English Premier League. You don't really change allegiances once you've got one. Um, but how you go about finding one is, up, is totally personal, whether it be a person's name, a, a colour of a top, or even the team song. Find yourself something you like and then jump on. I was going to bring up the team songs because they all have one. What's what's the whole idea there, the origin story behind those? Because, I mean, we know that you have them in football as well over in the UK. Is it just something the Aussies kind of picked up and ran with? Yeah, I mean, I think it originated out of the fact that it was more of a club song. It's sort of their sort of nature as the club. And as those clubs have become more and more focused around that singular team, be it the men's or the women's team now, they have evolved into having their own team songs. And, and you're certainly seeing some of that influence come through now in the league space where they um, post wins will, will sing a team song in the sheds and it is really much about sort of flying your flag and, and waving your banner as high as possible whenever you get the opportunity. Nice. These days some fans are more interested in following players as opposed to teams. Aside from say some of the names we mentioned before, who are the big names in the game that you think would be worth keeping an eye on if that's how you choose to follow the sport? Yeah look I think from the Geelong point of view you can't go much further past their, their two key people as Joel Selwood, their captain who's in the middle He's back playing a grand final at the twilight of his career. Um, and then you've got Tom Hawkins up forward, who's the big bull, who's the sort of the yin to Lance Franklin's yang, if you will. Um, those are certainly two key people who will, who will be getting a lot of attention and bring a lot of promotion. On the Sydney side, look, they've got a young, young talent. They've got a guy, Callum Mills. He's really exciting to watch. Um, and, you know, some of their midfielders in that, in that Sydney side can really turn a game. So anyone you pick is going to be at a... Um, show what, they, what they're about on that day and hopefully they all play well because no one, no one likes having a grand final where you don't turn up. <laughs> no, and as I mentioned before, the GWS Giants know that all too well. So between the Sydney Swans and the Geelong Cats, if I got you to make a prediction, who do you think is coming away with the flag there this weekend? Yeah, look, it's, it's a tricky one. At this stage of the week with that, you know, hopefully no one gets injured in training and hopefully everyone puts their best foot forward. I think you'd be hard-pressed to go past Geelong. I think they are just so clinical at the moment. They're coming in with some real form. They've been there or thereabouts for probably the last decade. You know, you could argue that they're due a win. Um, so they'll be coming in really, really confident. But Sydney are the dark horse. They have a really young, talented group and, and could cause an upset for sure. Now we're speaking here with Chris Mundell uh, here on SNZ. AFL New Zealand recently announced you were appointed as their academy lead. What do the high-performance pathways for Aussie rules in New Zealand currently look like? 
yeah, look, they're in their infancy. We're trying to build a real strong base of, of, as I say, that talent that we can bring across from other codes. We're trying to get our pathways connected to Australia. Uh, we certainly have some strong connections in the female space with our connection with both Sydney. Um, and obviously with the AFLW in its more infancy than the male space, we have a lot of opportunity for our, our young female players to get across there and experience what it's like and hopefully get themselves on an AFLW list. So we're building connections. We're, we're building a base of talent and players over here. And it's about making sure we just keep developing them and giving them as many opportunities to get across the ditch and show their talent as much as we can. Nice. Uh, I've noticed, you know, the Women's League, the AFLW, they're gaining more traction in Australia and becoming more visible than ever before. You just have to see the uh, Disney Plus documentary series Fearless to see that. Are you seeing from that a greater interest in females here looking to pick up the game? Yes, certainly. I think the the exposure that the AFLW is providing to uh, the females in this side of the ditch with the, you know, with the games being shown, etc., is starting to drive some interest. We're seeing at the local club level more and more females of all ages wanting to come and give the sport a go and seeing it as a realistic opportunity to, to take their sporting careers further. Um, the run-up for a female player from never having played the game here in New Zealand to getting to an AFLW list is a lot shorter than it is for the males. So there are ten, real tangible opportunities, and as a result, we're starting to see some... Um, talent come through, which is really exciting. I was curious about that. Uh, you know, with your experience in talent development and coaching, how quickly can Kiwis typically pick up the rules and the nuances of Aussie rules football? Oh, look, it doesn't take long. As I said at the start, there's, there's, the rules are seemingly complicated, but actually pretty simple. So from a skill transfer point of view, if you've played any kind of netball or basketball or rugby or league, you're going to be coming in with a pretty high level. If you're coming at it from nothing at all, it's pretty simple to pick up in terms of understanding what the actual goal of the game is and how I get about uh, playing it. I believe recently you in Australia at the Sydney Swans Academy. What did you take away from your time there that you want to bring back to New Zealand? Uh, well, haven't haven't hit over headed over there just yet. It's on the horizon, but I'm looking forward to it. I think they are a, a club who've proven through their academy program how strong it can be. If you look at their men's side in the final this weekend a lot of that talent has come through their academy program. So I'm really interested to get over there, see their systems and processes, see what they look for, see what we can replicate over here and what we can adapt to our audience just to make sure that we're aligned to what they want to get and to give our kids as much opportunity as possible. Given we see other New Zealand teams break into Australian leagues, is there a goal there of having a Kiwi club in the AFL or AFLW someday for you? Oh, for sure. I think... From an AFLW point of view, it's certainly a really realistic and viable option in the in the hopefully medium future. Uh, from a men's point of view, I'd love to say it, but there are a few more barriers and a few more hurdles to get across in that space. We are really well represented both in the male and female space in the AFL with New Zealand heritage players and people who have New Zealand heritage. So there is some strong connections. How we get a homegrown side up on either of those two competitions uh, is for the higher ups, but I'd love to see it. You've mentioned the barriers a couple of times there, especially with the AFL, uh, both players trying to break through and potentially a New Zealand team. Is that largely down to just, I mean, how historic and how long running the competition is compared to the Women's League? Oh, totally. We're, you know, the AFL over there has been around for 150 years. It's got you know a huge player base, a whole bunch of kids who are constantly trying to make it to the top. So for us as New Zealanders, we have access to the higher levels and we have pathways there but you're jumping into a pretty big pond of talent already, and so you've got to be really exceptional to make your way through. Doesn't mean it can't happen, though. 
Well, hopefully one day we see it. Uh, but until then, of course, massive weekend. Sydney Swans, Geelong Cats. Uh, and, I mean, if you're a Hawthorne fan like you are, maybe next year? <laughs> yeah, exactly, mate. Always next year. All right. Well, uh, Chris, thank you so much for your time on SCNZ. Uh, enjoy the weekend, mate. You too, buddy. Appreciate it. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. Like, um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.